0: Hey my friends, I'm Cindy MacMillan, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life. Exploring the Seasons of Life is a metaphor for understanding the complexities of being alive. It's a reminder that life is filled with ups and downs, joys and sorrows, and moments of both growth and stagnation. Life is a journey and each season brings its own unique lessons and experiences. And as we move through the different seasons of life, we learn, we grow, and we become better versions of ourselves. Life is a beautiful and precious gift, and it is up to us to make the most of it. Each week, I interview spiritual explorers, amazing coaches, and authors from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside the outside will begin to change as well. So I'm thrilled to introduce my guest and dive into some really important topics today. Ashley Valliere is a body educator. Her background is in personal group fitness training, massage therapy, and currently she's in school to become a somatic body therapist. Her goal is to inspire and embolden people to advocate for themselves by understanding their bodies in new ways, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Cindy, thank you so much for having me. I am excited. <laughs> I always start this, the podcast with this question because I just love the way it opens up you know, the conversation. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business
1: Well, for me, I've actually been exploring my seasons of life quite literally in the seasons of life. Um, I had a really hard summer, and for the first time ever, I have been excited for winter. So I'm somewhere where there are all, all four seasons, and I'm pretty indifferent to it. But this year, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm so glad it's cold. Like, I'm so glad there's snow. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, why am I feeling that? And it's just, it's all part of that growth process. I needed that dark time, like that go inside time and really like, you know, kind of hibernate within to really heal. And then now that spring is coming, it's like, I'm really excited for spring. I'm like, okay, good. We've done that dark stuff. Now we can go into like, we can, we can reap our harvest now. Like we can kind of pull in the benefits. And so it's just, it's really curious that it's happening quite literally with the seasons of the weather. So for me, seasons is just following the ebbs and flows of development and integration and healing and journey, whatever you want to call it. It's just kind of riding those ebbs and flows because it's never smooth. It's never just one way. And so just taking it for what it is
0: and embracing it. Ashley, thank you. And, and that's exactly why I love this question. Is There's a lot of similarities to the answers, but everybody has a their own unique perspective of what that means. And I just love the fullness of those answers. So I appreciate it. And before we start getting into emotions and all that, can you just talk about what is a somatic body therapist? I see you're in school for that. And that, um, can you just talk about that? Oh, I would love to. So <laughs> so um, I'm going to
1: back up just a little bit from like where I kind of found it. So for, I was doing personal training. And I noticed that my clients would have um, emotional outbursts in a session. They would get really angry. They would get really sad. They would get like this. It would just be a big emotion seemingly out of nowhere. And it happened enough times that I was like, okay, like something is going on here. And so for the better part of a decade, I was looking for that missing link. And so I ended up finding it in a modality called Bodynamic. And it is a de- developmental psychology that is based in somatics. So it really, like, t- like traditional psychology is like a talk therapy. With Bodynamic, it's, it's a little bit of talk. Like, obviously, we have to talk. But the idea in it is it's really body-driven. So they take the stages of development and the, um, like the psychomotor development at each of those stages And what happens if there's a disruption? What happens? And disruption can be a trauma. Disruption can be a sibling being born. Disruption could be you move. Like, it doesn't always have to be like a big dramatic thing. It can be something seemingly small. But when you're little and you don't have emotional intelligence, you can interpret it in so many different ways. Right. So there's been a disruption. And what does that look like as we get older? And developmental, sorry, somatic body therapy really
0: helps dive into that. You know, you were talking about when you found this. You were a personal trainer, and people would have you know, outburst. Mm-hmm. And because I last year, after being in the pandemic, I had um, hired a personal trainer, and now I didn't really ever have outburst when I was with him. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when I would get home, I'd be yeah. feeling you know a certain way, and I'd have all these emotions. I'm glad we're going to be going through this today. I can see what was going on. Yeah,
1: like it kind of wakes things up, right? Like our muscles, like it's like an energetic storage. It's, I don't know that it can be quantified, but like it gets stored in the muscle. And all of a sudden you start moving that muscle around. Like you hear this a lot in yoga too, right? Like there's a lot of emotional like resonance that comes up in stretching because all of a sudden you're elongating a muscle that's maybe been rigid for decades, right? And like physically rigid, yes, but also like energetically rigid. And then when you open it up, and you're in a different place than when that disruption happened. You're in a safer place now. Well, all of a sudden, those emotions have a place to be processed. And so, cognitively, we're like, what is happening? <laughs> but subconsciously, it's like, yay, <laughs> we get to come out now.
0: Ashley, I know it's a really big subject, but can we talk about emotions, what they are, how to identify them and integrate them? And I believe I read somewhere you talked about making friends with them mm-hmm. instead of suppressing them. Totally. Oh,
1: man. Okay. The <laughs> Nicole's notes of emotions. So, um, the way that I've learned it is that there are seven universal emotions. So, we have fear, sadness, shame, anger, joy, connection, and disgust. So, Each one of those has like subsidiaries, right? So like you can filter it down, kind of like the feeling wheel. right? So it's just like they can all get boiled down to different kind of sensations. So each emotion has an instinct that's attached to it. So that would be the extreme version of the emotion. So for example, the extreme version of anger would be rage. The extreme version of sadness would be depression, like that sort of thing. And then it also has a bodily sensation. So how is it experienced in the body? How do you experience anger? How do you experience sadness? How do you experience shame? It can come up, though, is depending on your childhood, depending on how you were raised, maybe certain emotions were or were not allowed to be expressed. A lot of times anger is not allowed or sadness. Like Those seem to be the two that are like yay or nay. And so then the other one often takes over. And so what happens when we have emotions that are kind of like our go-to, I'm just going to use like sadness as an example. Or, yeah. So sadness as an example, any, ex- anything we feel in our body, anything we sense in our body, we're going to kind of process under the umbrella of sadness, even if it's not sadness, because that's just what we're attuned to. And so when you can kind of go in and start to learn how to communicate to your body and communicate with your emotions and sensations and what's happening you can start to discern the nuance between the emotions and understand them better and then maybe you're experiencing some excitement and you can recognize that now but previously you only kind of processed it as sadness
0: does that does that make sense <laughs> it it does so let me just let me just ask for myself yeah. so if something's going on okay let's say somebody's getting a new job mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? They're excited. That could be processed as fear. So then a lot of anxiety ah. can come up, a lot of
1: like that kind of like that nervous feeling. So I like to call it nerve sighted. actually is a word I've coined Because <laughs> it's like, I'm nervous, but I'm excited, right? As opposed to being like just nervous and then you just, you flip into fear. And then if we're in fear for too long, the instinct of fear is terror. And that's when we can go into panic and that's when we can go into like that almost like chronic anxiety, right? So it's just being able to discern that like, And context is really important too, right? So for example, okay, you have this new job. There is a fear factor in that. Like, oh my God, I'm meeting new people. I have this new position. Am I going to be okay? Like, you know, like there's all these, so there's a certain amount of fear that is warranted in this situation. And though, what else is there? There is excitement. There is joy. There is, right? Like there is other things that are happening at the same time. So being able to kind of recognize that in those moments of like fear that it's like, okay, maybe it's like forty percent fear, thirty percent excitement. Like you can kind of like percentage it and titrate it down. And when you do that, you can see the picture so much clearer. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense that I'm a little a little anxious. I'm a little scared. But I'm also excited. And so it just it helps to ground you.
0: Okay, Ashley, I'm glad we went through that example because I can absolutely see, you know, you got this new job. You're so excited, but you're right, there is that fear there. A little bit of anxiety of the unknown. So thank you for going through that. Well,
1: and like, it just shows that it can't, like, that's where the kind of the friends come in, right? Like how to be friends with the emotions. Like fear is not a bad thing. And it's like, that's why context is also important, right? It makes sense. You should be a little anxious before your first day at your brand new job, right? (laughs) And then you get there and you meet everybody and everybody's so great and whatever, and then it's fine, right? So. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And you talked about this a little bit earlier about the body and emotions. So when we try to decode the body, or do we need somebody actually to help us do that? Or is that something we can do ourselves to kind of figure out where those emotions are stored? Yes and no.
1: (laughs) So yes, like I think self-reflection, journaling, meditation, contemplation, whatever it is to you that you reflect upon yourself is huge. Like that is absolutely how you can get so many answers, right? Like that's how you can really start connect your own dots. And though, a lot of times we're too close to our own situation. So it's like you need that outside help. And whether that's like a best friend or whether it's a therapist or whoever, like just having that outside perspective can be so helpful because you're they're not as close to you as you are to yourself. And what's really important when it comes to healing, when it comes to really integrating anything, is, uh, is being witnessed. So having a conversation. So it doesn't have to be this event, right? But it could just be like, Oh my God, like I was journaling last night and I had this like crazy epiphany and everything makes sense. So like, and I'm talking to you about it. You're witnessing me in my
0: realization and my epiphany, which it helps to solidify it. And I'm going to use exactly what you said, but an experience that I just had earlier this month. Now I am a coach, you know, I know how to coach other people. But sometimes exactly what you said, Ashley, sometimes you're too close to something, so I hired a coach to work with, and as we've been working each week, that witnessing part is so important
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah because it's one day I did or one night I was journaling, and I did have that great epiphany. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but it was so great to like just voice it and yeah. be all excited about it and go. Wait, why didn't I see this before? Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then have that witness and just kind of talk through it. So, so yes, I see, I see exactly what you're talking about with the um, emotions being stored. So can you just talk about, for example, where is happiness stored? Or whichever emotions you want to talk about. Just give us a couple of examples of like happiness or fear or something and where they 're stored and, and how they 're stored Well,
1: each muscle has the capacity for any of it, like for any emotion really so there isn't like a it 's not like my shoulder is my happy muscle right like it's, it's not quite like that. Um, I could give an example of like I like to think of our arms and especially like the biceps, like those, those are our huggy muscles. Like that is like you bring somebody in and you're just, you're holding them tight. You're squeezing them in. You're getting really good connection. Like, like that is, I think that's a joyful experience, right? Like, you know, you're really giving somebody that nice big hug. So our biceps could be considered, I guess, like a happy muscle. Um, but our bicep, actually our whole arm is a lot about interpersonal skills just in general. So being able to have those connections with people I'm trying to think like body parts are like joints more so can be indicative of more specific emotions. So like, for example, our knees, uh, if you have knee issues, knee pains, uh, it could be uh, connected to fear of moving forward. Like maybe you have maybe you're going through your own journey and you're really excited about it, but you're nervous because like you don't like you're scared to talk to people about it. Right. Like so like you're having these aha moments and it's great and you're experiencing these new versions of yourself, but you don't know how to be that person with the people in your life. And so there's this kind of fear factor of moving forward. That's just an example. Another example, like low back. We store a lot of fear in our low back. And if you think of, like, anatomically, where our kidneys are, and then we have our adrenals right on top of that, well, if we're in a fear space for a long time, well, those adrenals are working, like, double, triple, quadruple times sometimes, right? That's going to cause some, like, ish along the low back. So there isn't a specific muscle. (laughs) There isn't a specific joint. But, But each... Each muscle and each body part is indicative of something.
0: Okay. But, no, I like the examples. And when you're talking about the adrenals, like if we're – if somebody's being overworked, Mm -hmm. and that could also be in the back around the adrenals as well, right? Yeah. That would probably show up as, like, stiffness,
1: like, really kind of, like – trying to stand up after sitting down for a while and that like, oh, like, you know, you have to like ease yourself up and you can't just like bend over and pick something up off the floor kind of thing. Like there'd be like a rigidity in there. Like it's like, it's trying to protect itself.
0: I want to talk about some signs or symptoms of of, of stored emotions. But after we talk about that, could you give us just a couple of like tips? I don't know whether it would be stretching or breathing or whatever to help with with stored emotions sure so first question is
1: signs and symptoms
0: yeah signs
1: and symptoms perfect um it depends on the emotion that you're experiencing but it can be like a rigidity so like the spine is really stiff uh the adductors so the inside of the leg can be really stiff. legs not just one (laughs) both legs could be really stiff your neck like a lot of neck tension neck pain conversely you could go really slack so maybe you're ch- like you kind of like you almost like lose your energy, like you lose your like life force almost. And it's that slump where your shoulders kind of roll forward, your head comes down. So like those can be like different postures that you observe internally. You could feel um, like heart racing. Uh, you could ha- have like difficulty, not difficulty breathing, but like not the best breath changes in body temperature, uh, needing to evacuate your bowels. All of a sudden it's like, you got to go. <laughs> like So things like that can come up. Um, tightness in chest sweaty palms, so like like any, any of those. And like I say, it depends on what emotion you're kind of experiencing at a heightened sensation.
0: Okay, and do you have a couple of, I, I'm going to say exercises mm-hmm. that could be breathing or what do you suggest to your clients? What I love to do for myself and what I do teach my clients
1: is, is the emotions and percentages. Like just when you feel that whatever sensation's coming up, whatever it is, if you're able to, <laughs> like, just pause for a minute. Just feel your feet on the ground. You don't have to do anything else. Just kind of feel your feet on the ground. Don't change your breathing. Be a, be aware of it. Like, oh, I'm only breathing in my throat right now. Like, that's okay. Don't change it. Just, just notice it. And then ask yourself questions. Like, what emotion am I feeling right now? Like, am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling angry? Is it a little bit of this? Is it, like kind of titrate it down because like I said, kind of earlier, when you're able to kind of pause and percentage out what emotions are, it's so grounding because then that primary emotion can't take over as easily. Like you're not in mm-hmm. your reflex and your reaction of going to that emotion. You're actually pausing and kind of giving yourself
0: more perspective. That makes sense. Absolutely. I have one Thank other you. exercise, if that's okay.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so that's one thing you can do. And then another thing is, is grounding. And traditionally, a lot of times, like we're taught, like grounding, like you push through your toes, like push your toes into the ground, right? What I would change it to is instead of pushing your feet into the ground, think of pulling the ground up into your feet. So you're like, you're still flexing your toes, but you're pulling up. And what you're doing with this is you're pulling life force energy up. So you're pulling energy into your body as opposed to down and out. And think of like emotions. Like we're, we're genius at suppressing emotions. Push it down, push it down, push it down. Well, if you're just pushing down for grounding too, like that could ultimately cause more anxiety or cause more anger, right? Like because you're just suppressing even more as opposed to inviting another energy to kind of meet you halfway. And then it can kind of circulate and flow through your body better.
0: I just took off my shoes as you were doing that. I did you try Say that. It? And I was trying it, yes. Hey, does it feel different? Yes, it does. Yeah. Pulling pulling up. It's a slightly different different
1: sensation. And it's wild. They can really, like, whoa, like, that feels really different, especially if you're used to pushing down to ground. Yes, no, I like that. So I this know. is the way I'm going to podcast now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's how I That's how I do my sessions. That's how I, that's a lot of what I do is like, I just, it's gentle, right? Like, I'm not like pulling up through the ground. Like <laughs> It's just, you know, like, and I'll alternate between feet. I might do both feet at the same time, but it's, it's a really kind of passive thing. But I do it a lot when I'm with clients and when I'm working just to keep myself grounded and stay centered in my own body.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm going to jump over to your website for just a moment. Okay. You had a a line that really I just loved it, and I would love for you to go deeper on it. And that was Who would you be if you were no longer reacting from the outdated programming of your subconscious?
1: Mm, So juicy. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So, this is where um,
1: a lot of body dynamic comes in. So, a lot of their theory is around ego aspects and ego functions. And ego functions can almost be looked at as like the protection mechanisms. That we have right our defenses our armor whatever whatever word jargon you want to use in there and so what happens is when these get established at a very young age often and when we don't have emotional intelligence we don't have awareness right sorry to hit my mic there <laughs> um that becomes the default until it is addressed so like who would you be if you weren't in your default And so it's not, it's not a, it's not that anything is wrong with the default, you needed it, right? So it's not about taking anything away. It's just like, hey, is that actually working in this moment? And what could I maybe be experiencing behaving as reacting as instead, right? So it's just being able to take that kind of split second pause and being like, hey, is this the most beneficial thing for me right now? Or is this a habit? And the more we kind of do that, and I get that not every situation you're able to do this, right? but you can reflect back and, you know, maybe what would I do next time? But the more that you're able to just kind of pause and take that second and be like, hey, like, is this even me? Like, is this who I want to be? Is this old programming? And then it's like, if it's a yeah, then maybe we can be something else without, cannot emphasize this enough, without shaming or being, feeling any kind of negativity towards the current reaction. We needed it at some point so you can give it love like, hey, thank you so much body for, you know, expressing this way or reacting this way. Like I needed that once upon a time. But right now, like I think we're feeling pretty good. Like, let's try this instead. Like it can be that easy of a conversation, just an acknowledgement, a thank you and a moving forward.
0: Can you give us an example, just a small example of maybe a. A limiting belief, because that's what we're talking about, right? You're talking about limiting beliefs when you say outdated programming. It can be reactions, too. So like, you know, like, I like, quote, unquote, triggers that you have, like, it can be anything like that. Okay. Yeah, so I'm thinking of now I can get triggered if I feel like, gosh, I've done so much work on this. But I can get triggered if, for example, I feel betrayed about something. Mm-hmm. And so so I'm, I'm using this as, a, as an example. So, you know, if I feel betrayed about something. So you're saying that when something's happening and I'm feeling betrayed, that I can, whatever my trigger is to close down or to want to cry or to yes. want to act out in some way, I can say, no, that was something that happened when you were six years old. And right now, you're safe, and you're okay. And you don't have to cry, you don't have to. Or what should we experience instead?
1: Yes. Instead of you don't have to, right? Because then it's like, there's almost, there's almost a negative connotation. Like, we don't have to cry. We don't have to do this. It's like, what would you what could what would feel good right now? Also, I just want to throw out their context again, right? Like, maybe you actually yeah. were just betrayed. And so, like, the reaction you're having is totally warranted, right? So check in on that first. Like, hey, are we are we actually being betrayed or is this bringing up old feelings that were similar to when that happened? Like, is it actually even happening right now, right? And then kind of ground in from there.
0: Actually, that's a perfect point because I don't want to bypass that if you, if for example, if I am feeling betrayed, to feel that. Absolutely. And not try to make it something else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months? <laughs> that I was excited for winter? <laughs> 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 I've never, like, I'm in Canada, and it's like
1: minus 50 sometimes for weeks on end. And so, like, to be excited about that was very strange. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: that startled me.
0: <laughs> okay. Seriously? Minus fifty? Some, with the windchill? It can just get absolutely brutal. Oh my god! And that's Celsius. I, I don't know where. Where are you? Are you in? I'm Celsius? in
1: Florida. Okay, yeah, we're in Celsius, so I don't know what that is in Celsius, but it can, yeah, it can sit around like the minus thirty-five to forty, and then add a windchill on top of that. It's cold. It's cold.
0: Yeah, and so I can see exactly where you would want to kind of when you were saying you want we're looking forward to winter and kind of going inside. Yeah, that's literally like, in literally, literally inside. <laughs>
1: Like, literally and metaphorically, I was hibernating. (laughs) If I didn't have to leave the house, we didn't. (laughs) You stock up on food. You're good for a few weeks. Like, you don't even open the door because all the steam, like, just from your house just rushes out. And you're like, no, (laughs) keep the door (laughs) shut.
0: (laughs) What is the one big key takeaway that you want our listeners to get from this episode? Oh, just talk to your body. And it, like... It's. I think we
1: overcomplicate it, but it literally is just pausing like, hey, body, and ask it a question, right? Like, it can be that simple, keeping in mind that you might not get an answer that second, right? So, like, hey, body, why did we react like that at, you know, at the grocery store? Like, that was weird. You might not get the answer right then. But maybe later, when you're just doing something a little bit mundane, you'll have a thought pop in or an idea or like, do you know what I mean? Like the subconscious loves when you ask questions. And so the more you can kind of ask it, the more it will give you your answers. But just know it, it sometimes takes a little bit of time. It's not immediate, immediate. But one of the,
0: the best things you can do for your entire body is talk to it. You know, most people, including myself, that's not a practice that you know, that I have. And I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that is a practice to get into the habit or get into the mindset of of being friends with your body and talking to it. Absolutely. Have you heard of the Sway Test? No. Okay.
1: May I take take you through the sway test real quick? Because this is the easiest way to start the conversation with the body. So you can do this sitting down or standing up. You make sure just make sure your weight's in the middle, right? So like don't lean to one side or another. Just make sure your feet are flat on the floor, your weight's in the middle. Close your eyes and you can place your hand on your heart if you want. And just say truth body, show me yes. And you will either sway forward or you'll sway backwards. And it might be big, it might be small.
0: Okay. I swayed forward.
1: Perfect. So now, now what I would encourage you to do for the rest of your day, actually for the rest of the week, really is ask your body a million billion questions. Truth body. Do you want to wear this shirt? Yes or no. Truth body. Do you want to wear these socks? Yes or no. Truth body. Do you want to eat this banana? Yes or no. Like just ask your body, every question that you can think of that has nothing to do with anything. Okay, so like at the end of the day, doesn't matter if I wear these socks or that shirt. No. But if my body says no, like if I sway to my no, then it's like, okay, well, maybe we don't wear the shirt today. Do you want to wear this one? And it says yes. And it's like, okay, well, that's an odd choice, but sure. Right. Just kind of going with the flow of it. And the reason that we want to start small like this is we're redeveloping, sometimes starting a relationship with the brain and body from scratch. And so the body needs to learn how to trust again. It has been abandoned. It has been left behind. Like as much as we can dissociate and numb out, the body is still experiencing it. So we need to mend that, that relationship. And so doing silly little things, I'm air quoting here, silly little things like asking it what it wants to wear or what it wants to eat, it really starts to build that trust. And so when it says no to that shirt and you're like, okay, well, do you want this one? Yeah. And then you wear it. It doesn't matter about the shirt. All it knows is that you asked it a question and then you honored the answer. So like the more you can do this, it just becomes a conversation. Like you will eventually get to the point where you're just not even swaying. You're just having you're just having a good old conversation in your head. Like <laughs> you and your body are just chatting it out kind of thing. And it's funny, cause like I found for myself and some clients is like The more we do it, it's almost like a sassy teenager likes to come out. It's like, "Mm, I don't want that. Like, no, I don't. I, I do want that. Right. Like, it's just it's funny. So it can be it can be really playful. It can be fun. And then when we do have those deeper questions like, oh, my God, why did I react that way? Why did I say that? Why didn't I say that? Like when we have those deeper moments of like what is going on and we're really trying to understand ourselves, that's when the body can be a lot more open and a lot more like giving with its answers. Right. If we just go in hot with like these really heavy questions and we don't have any rapport established, like what what kind of answers are you going to get, right? So start small, have so much fun with it, like really, truly just have fun with it and
0: slowly integrate the heavier and deeper questions. And one of the main points that I took away from what you just said was if your body doesn't want to wear that shirt, don't wear the shirt. Build that trust up. Yeah.
1: And if the body decides it wants to wear like this other shirt and you're like, really? Like that one? Like, okay. <laughs> like, even if it's like, well, that's seems a little fancy for a Saturday, but okay. <laughs> right? Who cares? <laughs>
0: just, just do it. <laughs> and Ashley, what would you thank your 18 year old self for? Ugh, everything. I, I, I don't know
1: how she did what she did. And I am eternally grateful to whatever she needed to do to get me to where I am today. So just, I love every piece of her.
0: Yeah, that question I used to ask differently, I used to ask it, what would you say to your 18 year old self? Mm-hmm. And there, there is so much that we would say to our 18 year old self. And I had a woman on, and the whole conversation was on gratitude. Okay, And it, and it kind of like really hit me, oh my gosh, we need to be thanking our 18 year old self. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both questions are great. But
1: gratitude is always, always a good place to ground into
0: how can people work with you what's your social media your website everything about you uh
1: the best place to find me is on instagram at the Ashval. uh because on there my link in bio has all of my different offerings and so i have actually i have a whole product suite i don't know when this episode is airing but i have a whole product suite rolling out in the next month or so so there'll be like different levels and ways to work with me so yeah that would be the best way
0: and I will have that in the show notes. And yeah, this episode will will be going out in um, about the next three weeks. Okay,
1: okay, perfect. So that'll be rating right around the time when I'll be rolling things out. And there there will be different um, like different touch points, almost. So like there'll be one on one, there will be group, and there will be free. So there's going to be different ways to work with me. I want to make it as easy and accessible for people as possible because I think that this work everybody needs. So. <laughs>
0: Well, I I seriously, I appreciate all the examples and the, especially the sway test that you just um, demonstrated for us, because I just love that. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. And I really do appreciate it. And you have a great evening. Thank you. You too. As always, thanks for listening to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Sometimes it can be hard to find the perfect Mother's Day gift. I have an idea for you. The doterra touch blooming trio be inspired by nature's beauty with the timeless treasured essential oils in the sparkling blooming trio gardenia touch jasmine touch and neroli touch this trio was brimming with energy versatile and subtly empowering each certified pure tested grade essential oil is blended with fractionated coconut oil for easy layering and lasting effects Wear one as a statement aroma or experiment with all three to find your aromatic harmony. Let me touch now on just a couple of the emotional aspects of these beautiful oils. Gardenia encourages you to love and share that love freely. Jasmine nurtures healthy sexuality and asks individuals to honor and respect themselves and others. Neroli is a stabilizing oil and is helpful for calming troubled hearts. It encourages active acceptance and supportive space for your chosen partner. The doTERRA Touch Bloom Trio will only be available while supplies last and as part of our April promotions, which oil will become her new favorite.